You are listening to List It, a show where me and my guests rank and list things in pop culture. And today's a very special show, and I want to tell you, listeners, how it evolved. But first, I want to introduce my guest. You know him as a, a singer, a songwriter. His two latest singles are incredible. They are in my, my playlist. They've infiltrated, and I'm very grateful for this. I have a lot of very Christmas music-heavy playlists going to my household right now, but... Matt Carney's two new singles, Can't Look Back and Grand Canyon, have infiltrated my house playlist. So I get really great music cropping up with some of the holiday stuff. Uh, You can follow him at Matt Carney. He's working on a new record. Matt, welcome to List It, man. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Also joining me, a very special two guest episode of List It is wow. is a, a, a good friend of mine. A, a we 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 host we co-host a podcast, a relevant twice a week. Uh, he is an artist. He is currently doing a co- a really cool competition where you can rap, uh, and he's going to, I guess, in some manner, judge who's the best MC over his beats. Welcome to the show, Derek Miner. Yeah. What up, what up, what up? So, 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 guys, oh, and listen, for that contest, hey, Derek, they should follow you at the Derek Miner for more details on that, right? Yeah, or you can just go to DerekMiner.com slash beats. It's a real cool competition. It's called the 12 Days of Beatsmith. So, I've dropped 12 beats on my beat page. You download one, and if you win the competition, I'm going to produce, mix, and master your next single. So, oh, look at, dude, that's a big, cool. that's a big time prize. That's a big, yeah. that, you know, that's going to make somebody's Christmas this year, Derek. You feel me? But Can I, I enter? <laughs> yeah. Is there a stipulation <laughs> you can't be a professional already? <laughs> I want that yes, free man. production, man. Let's go. It, it, indie artists only, bro. Matt, you just go smoke everybody. I'm indie now, do man. I went indie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no longer on a major. Let's go. So... <laughs> so this this episode came out in a really funny way. So we had reached out to Matt to see if he would come on and rank Christmas music. And I love his response, which is, essentially, you don't listen to Christmas music unless you're forced to. Right, Matt? No, I mean, I love Christmas music. Okay. I just, I am in fully in, like, it's everywhere now. My yeah. wife makes me turn the radio station on. It's always playing in her house. Yeah, I just, I love it, but... Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I don't you know need it deeply. Yeah, you need you need to pump the brakes. You need to come up for air every once in a while. You know, and you know, and I didn't want to say Mariah Carey a bunch of times. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ten through one, Mariah Carey. That just the track list, bottom to top. And so, so Matt suggested we did Kanye albums, and I was totally in. And I was thinking of the biggest Kanye fan I know. And I texted Derek yesterday. I'm like, dude, we're doing this pod. We're ranking Kanye albums, and Derek says he's in. So before we jump in the list, both you guys obviously have some uh, affinity for the music and career of Kanye West. Uh, Matt, let's start with you, man. Since you you know, you know kind of wanted to do a deep dive in his catalog, what is it about Kanye and his music that kind of make him so compelling, especially in sort of, we're coming out of this like crazy year, but in a way, Kanye sort of personifies a lot of just like the craziness we've all, uh, we've all seen because he's, he's had such a just an interesting career as an artist, and he's always changing his music. What is it about Kanye that's been so compelling to you as an artist, Matt? I mean, I think that you summed it up. I think he's one of the most interesting humans because he's equally, uh, in my opinion, a genius and like not, and one of the most uniquely crazy pers- people by his own definition at times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like that. Right. It's like that idiot savant you know where he's like says things that are so completely 
profound and he's made some of my favorite records and he's changed music and the way people approach production. And, and then he'll say like in the next interview, like I'm destined to be the leader of the free world. And I think that's like so wild. It's just like, I don't know why it's so interesting to me. I just, I am obsessed with him. I think, you know, he's just incredibly talented visually, uh, as a producer, he's really changed music, but he's also a little nuts and I love it. Yeah. Derek, you are a, is sort of a Kanye apologist in that, like, even when he does kind of have his more eccentric moments or, or says some outrageous things, you have a deep appreciation for him as an artist. What is it about, about Kanye, a lyricist and a beat maker and a producer that's been so compelling for, for, for you? Kanye is the crazy cousin in the family that everyone loves, but you know, he might, he might pull up on you and he's like trading Forex now. And you're just like, <laughs> you know, like what? Yeah. you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you like, but you don't throw him away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or he's like, you know, he's, he's found this thing, you know, he's found this conspiracy theory and he's like, he's captivated the whole, you know, the whole Christmas dinner. And he's telling you about, you know, all this stuff like that. That's who Kanye is for me. So it's like, I, I look over that because I just literally have spent most of my adult life listening to his music and, and, and enjoying, you know what I'm saying? Just who he is as a creative. I, I think just as I've become, you know, as I've come into my career, I've realized that, you know, we're not, we're just human beings. Like he's a human. Yeah. He's just really, really yeah. talented human. Yeah. So I think that that's what I love. I, I think that's what I've always loved about his music is He's he's okay to be like, I'm regular. But then at the same time, he's like, I'm not regular. Yeah. You know, like he like he's like back when Pink back before they thought pink polos would hurt the rock. You know, he was just like, <laughs> yeah. he's really, really brave in the sense of him oh, just man. being like, yo, I'm just yeah. gonna be myself. I think that that's what I love about him. Right, wrong, or indifferent. I, I don't take him as a person that like people are like, oh, he's just trolling. I'm like, I literally do not believe he's trolling. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly believe he believes everything he's saying. And I think that that's why I can respect that. I, I can respect the fact that a person would just be like, yo, this is this is what I believe and I'm, I'm going to stick with it. And he's, he's brave, like creatively. Man, so brave. Me, super and, brave. Yeah. And, and I appreciate the using the word creative there because obviously he's a, he's an artist, he's a producer, he's a rapper, but you look at what he's done with like Yeezy, like the brand. And he's built, yeah, he's built a billion dollar brand just by virtue of his creativity. I mean, that that's really it. He, yep. he, but that's the part of that makes him so interesting is he'll say, he said, I remember when he's like, I'm going to be a billionaire. And I, you were like, I'm like, I know what it's like to be a musician. Like Bono, Bono's <laughs> not a billionaire. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like it's hard. Like musicians are not filthy rich. I mean, they are in the scope of the world, but you know, usually it's like tech guys or actors that really get to that billion mark like you don't see a lot of musicians yeah. like paul mccartney yeah. maybe yeah. jay-z but it's usually yeah. some other endeavor so you're like this guy mm -hmm. i mean he says these ridiculous statements and then he like does it somehow and he finds a way it's why when he says i'm gonna be the leader of the free world i think that might be a bit of a stretch yeah. but still <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I, mm. i'm not I, i'll put nothing past him, I mean, bro i i put nothing well that's past the thing him. because like i feel you like you might want to put that one past him. Yeah. i'm just saying like that's maybe the one thing leader of the free world i was like wow bro that's next level but you're really I, I legit know people that voted for Kanye. <laughs> yeah me too Ten thousand in, in nashville in real life for him. yeah <laughs> but, but, but but that's what's so interesting too is because i feel like 
even if you kind of look at him like history kind of looks back and be as sort of this like Gatsby type of figure that beyond just being like an artist and, and just a human, he kind of represented something like this idea. I feel like he represents this combination of, of ambition and creativity in a way that yeah. no other really kind of living artist has done. Yeah, you might, I can't think of any. I agree. You know, I, I can definitely be, Because to that. your point, Matt, about being leader of the free world, his ambition knows has no ceiling. It's like, dude, yeah. I'm coming out fat. I'm throwing. He only has one pitch, and that is a freaking fastball, and he throws it every time, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, so. I mean, in the, like the gap, the gap thing he's doing right now, which is just genius. Yeah. I love that he, like, does what he wants. He does what he's passionate about. What Derek said, how, how is he is completely fearless. I'm envious of him as an artist where he literally could care less what anybody thinks. He's like following his own compass and trying things that seem interesting to him. And he's inviting people into that passion. I remember when they first posted the Yeezy 700 shoes, like the ones that look like the dad sneakers, right? Yeah. People laugh. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, that's a fake. That's a, they're like punking us. That is the most ridiculous looking shoe. And now like every designer, Chanel Balenciaga is making some crazy version of what he kind of started. So he's just like, he's done that his whole career. He's done something he loves that he's passionate about. He knows maybe he's a little ridiculous. And that's like the genius that it, it's it's his own, he's going his own way. It, he he yeah. constantly has proven that he can be the first to the future, right? Like he'll get there first and everyone will follow, which is really interesting. So I took a pretty deep dive into, into the catalog. So we'll start off with, I, I, you know, we we're talking before we get started. We, you kind of have to talk about Watch the Throne and some of his other projects. But let's start with his nine kind of solo studio albums. I created kind of a loose rankings, but I'm going to walk through and let, let's kind of talk through this catalog. Oof, um, okay. It's really, this is a really hard catalog to rank because some of these albums are honestly in sort of different genres. But I want to start with what I feel like is the general kind of critical consensus. And again, we're talking our interpretations is art, so it can go a lot of different yeah. ways. But what what I kind of see as the critical consensus is maybe sort of his least memorable album, and that's 2018's Yay. Now, that's sort of remembered as the Jackson Hole album, where yep. it's a little bit shorter, and famously, it was kind of following some pretty public uh, struggles with mental health. And, and he's yeah. been open about that. And the, and the album opens with him, you know, a song where he repeatedly talks about sometimes I scare myself and, and he openly talks about self harm and a lot of mental health issues. Okay. So this one, one of the more polarizing albums in his catalog, but I do feel like it's sort of at the bottom of the critical consensus. What do you guys think of yay as, as kind of a Kanye album? Yay has one of my favorite songs from him, period. And it's, okay. it's called ghost town. Mm. That is literally one of my favorite songs from him because it's just so honest. And and Mike Dean's production, or his, I think he plays guitar on it, but I don't like. I, yeah, Yay is definitely not a top album, but I think if you pull the expectations away during the time when he was dropping this, because also this was kind of MAGA, the the rise yeah. of MAGA Yay. So I think people kind of were you know, gave it a little bit harder of a listen off of that, but it's not a bad album, but I definitely agree with you that it's not in the top for sure. Someday we gon' set it off. Someday we gon' get this off. Baby, don't you bet it off. On a path of and all. You might think they wrote you off. They gon' have to roll me off. 
Matt, Matt what, what's your what's your kind of thoughts on not just yay, but sort of that that kind of chapter of Kanye's career? Uh, side note, Derek, on Ghost Town, there's 16 writers on that song. Oh I'm yeah, Party Next Door, right 070 Shake. Like, I mean, but all of them are like that. Francis and the Lights produced on it. Mm, dope wow. artist, uh, Benny Blanco's on. Uh huh. Mike Dean, like, yeah, that track is dope. I love. Uh, wouldn't leave on this record. That chorus is so good to me. Yeah. as I'm doing as I'm talking to you but I think that record is yeah it's not my favorite I, I thought it was interesting it felt very like um kind of like he's creating in the moment more this yeah. and for me this this like record is one of the few that seem like he's kind of thrown like he he's has a lot of product productivity around this time I think he didn't he produce the was it the Pusha T record? It, no, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't that. It was Daytona. Four. Yeah. It, he produced four yeah. records in a month. And Kids See Ghosts. Yeah. He did that around that time. Yeah, yeah. it was four records and, in the most in a month. It was a therapy. Uh, the, the history behind that was it was a therapy thing. His uh, therapist was like, "Yo, you know," or I think it was Pusha that was like, "Yo, just get back to making the music." So he did four records in a week, and this was one of them. And so I think I feel that. Like I think it's interesting to see him kind of like pull his like Jack White moment where he's like they go into the studio and like that's how the White Stripes used to make records they're like we're gonna make a record in a week that's it yeah and so you feel that energy which is kind of exciting but it isn't like a masterpiece like his other ones where you felt like he's worked on this and has all these geniuses working on it but um I like for something I love Jackson Hall I've been there one time so maybe I'm nostalgia some something about him being out in the mountains yeah. is like cool to me like and they did those weird parties and yeah the merch was cool around dude the it, merch so. was dope those like orange yeah. bright orange hoodies and you had like you know he was flying like jonah hill and like this weird and like tech yeah. ceos out to jackson hole for like this listening party and no I mean, one really knew what rap to yeah. albums in jackson hole too like he's yeah. like that is such like we're going to the mountains like that's kind of weird that's yeah. not normal i yeah. thought that was awesome so, so I want to I want to jump ahead to maybe his kind of most sonically polarizing album, and I'm really interested to hear your guys' take on this. 2013's Yeezus, uh, a very sonically intense album, Ooh. very very different than anything else he's done. Uh, you know, it sort of has that like acid house, very industrial. It's like yep. if Trent Reznor was brought in to make a Kanye album, it would be Yeezus. And it's really sort of like thematically, Ooh. he's yep. almost sort of exercising a lot of the darkness that he carried through that chapter of his career. You know, I think you look at the darkness in albums like My My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, kind of in Graduation, he kind of hints at uh, 808 and Heartbreaks. And he's sort of like, I want to flush all of this out of my system in the most intense, visceral way. What are your guys' take on 2013's Jesus? Top five. Wow. Uh, yeah, I have it as my I have it as my fifth record right now. Wow. Let me, let, I think I think it, I I might say it's his last great record. Hmm. Can I say that? Like yeah. I don't know if he's made anything great great since then. Like like genius. 
I think that's the beginning of the end for me with him a little bit. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Life of Pablo was a pretty great record. Well, I, I would say Pablo's good, but is it like, I'm meaning like you got Dark Twisted, Late Registration, 808s, like genius albums. Pablo, I start finding a few flaws in. It's too long. That's the, yeah. that, that is the problem with Pablo. Pablo, if you take off about, you take off four or five of the, Weird songs that come out of nowhere. That's just like, why it are you doing this? Songs. It's twenty songs. It's twenty songs. Like if it if it's fifteen songs, you're gonna say it's a genius album. It's just yeah, it's just maybe. too long. But Yeezus changed hip hop. Like yeah, it changed hip hop. Like the the people weren't doing the dark distorted eight oh eights like yeah. like how he was doing. On when, site is like insane. Yeah, on site That's is crazy. Song. So, 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 you know, kind of thematically, I, I'm interested because here's the, my two beefs with this album, really, it, you know, and I say beefs, not in like, I don't have like a problem with it, but I'm just saying in the context of re-listening, I don't always come back to this one because it's kind of a tough listen. It really challenges the listener to not only... It's noisy. Yeah, it's noisy. It's, it's, it's like loud. punk rock, man. It's like the... Yeah. Yeah, that's what he... Yeah, I love that about it. It's like, when was like the death grips, that whole thing? Do you know anything? Like... I feel like he's kind of doing that thing. It's like this weird New York, like punk, yeah, scene. That's like, yeah, it's nobody's really doing that. I, no one had done that kind of sound design. Maybe like, is it like a? I don't know enough. I know enough to be dangerous, but London and like that kind of scene. Maybe it's like hinting to that world. Yeah, I mean, you even you, you hear hints of sort of the London industrial scene, even going back to like house bands like Prodigy or or or, or, or artists like that, where. I almost feel like part of the intention is the marriage of theme and sort of sonic appeal where the sonic, the, the kind of the presentation of it, like punk rock almost wants the listener to be a little bit uncomfortable. And lyrically, it's sort of the anti Jesus is King where he's really kind of working through some of his, his darker stuff. Like, like, yay, you know, in terms of re-listenability, even though we kind of recognize it as a really interesting artistic album, is it one that you guys come back to a lot? I do. Really? I mean, Black Skinhead is like one of the hardest hitting great songs. There would be no Billie Eilish, whatever her new single is, without that song. Like, uh, it was so rad that he like basically made a Marilyn Manson beautiful people kind mm -hmm. of song. The beautiful people. Yeah. Like that yeah. triplet thing. Nobody was doing that. Like the it's like a it's like a jock jams. He's yeah. making like <laughs> <laughs> it's like a twisted jock jam. For my theme song, my leather black jeans song, my by any means on, part and I'm getting my scream on. Into the kingdom, but watch it you bring home. You see a black man with a white woman at the top floor, they gon' come to your king Kong. D Derek, what keeps bringing you back to to Jesus? Um, I think what brings me back to it is the fact that it's so raw. And man, I mean, let's if you run through the track list, like, and I had this argue, I have an argument with with hip hop heads all the time on Jesus. But if you go through the track list, I think I think it's ten records. He's seven out of ten. So yeah. on site. It's crazy. Black skinhead. Yeah. So good. New slaves. Yeah. Hold I, my liquor. Blood like on the blood, leaves. Blood on the leaves. That samples that like Nina Simone. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Bound. Yeah. Bound. Bound. Crazy. So yeah. he's six out of ten. 
I'm talking and not six out of ten, like, ah, oh, these are okay records. Like, no, six out of ten, like yeah. crazy songs. So for me, like I, I love to go back to it because it's really creative. Like just even the way he sampled C he mixed Nina Simone and C Murder yeah. on Blood on the Leaves. Like, like for me, th- those are not there, there's not two people further apart from each other than <laughs> yeah. Master P's brother C Murder and, and, and the activist yeah. Nina Simone. Yeah. There's literally not two people further from each other. Uh and, and it, somehow he blended it together. To where it worked, and that is the genius of Yay. So I, I you know, I, it's not a record that I mean, it's a record you have to kind. Of, I got to be in the mood for, yeah. But I do come back to it. I do come back to it. So I, I, I do think it's an interesting moment where he started going. I think one of the things that turns people off too is he started going some pretty ridiculous, like extreme statements, like the <laughs> "I am," you know, yeah. "I am a god." That yeah. song. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he's like pushing kind of people's comfortability with what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then he does say once, what's the one line? He's like, Jesus is the only, but I am like, it's yeah. like there's yeah. he drops one line. That's funny. That like kind of makes it not as provocative. Well, here's but, a um, uh, behind the scenes. Fosworth Bentley actually helped him write that, that song. Hmm. Um, I don't know if y'all know who he is, but he used I know to be, I know the writer. Yeah, yeah, he used to be Puffy's assistant. Uh, he was the guy that always had the umbrella, the umbrella in the two thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 so he's a yeah. he's a strong, 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 strong believer, and actually, he's one of the people that actually helped bring Ye to the faith. Um, and he helped he helped write that line. Like during Jesus is so confusing and dark yeah. because yeah. he was literally. At yeah. the on the seesaw of where does he want to be as a human, yeah. as far as faith is concerned, and and all of these things. So that's I, that's another reason why I love the record because it's just so open. It's like yeah, like you said, one minute he has that lyric, then the next minute he talks about you know I don't know <laughs> this kitty chick with no shorts talking about his girl yeah. and yeah, yeah, it's just I don't know. Yeah. Well, 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 that that's what makes this period so interesting because I kind of feel like the bridge between like the Jesus period and kind of the Sunday service, uh, Jesus is King. You know, because you heard the hints, like you were saying, Matt, in Jesus, where he kind of is tipping his hat, is like, "Hey, I'm kind of thinking about some some different spiritual ideas." But you really heard that work itself out on what I have next on my list, which is Life of pa- Life of Pablo. Um, it's sort of it's interesting for a lot of reasons. This album we kind of touched on it's very long it was also sort of a, a living album like after it was released he was still working on it and tweaking it so the album kept evolving it yeah. had a really really memorable snl uh, uh performance with kirk franklin and chance and songs like ultralight beams uh, you, you know were just it's great song so yeah. experimental and so different but then it also he wasn't afraid of courting controversy this had the whole kind of taylor swift dust up where you know, he said some really misogynistic things about her in the, on the album, uh, in the song Famous. And, you know, obviously they've had kind of a complicated relationship as two pop stars. But also, this was a really interesting creative moment to him, not just a spiritual moment, because, you know, he premiered this at Madison Square Garden, a listening party oh, that, yeah. that seconded right. as sort of this infamously disastrous Yeezy fashion show, and it captured <laughs> the chaos, energy, and depth of an artist in a really uh, interesting way. Uh, Matt, let's start with you, man. Unpack your experience with with Life of Pablo, because this well, is one everyone was super pumped to hear. 
I mean, I, I'm to be totally honest, I have not given Life of Pablo the amount of time I have the other records. Probably this is this is where I, like I said, I probably stop my deep devotion and like understanding of Kanye's thinning out. Maybe I'm looking at the year. It's about when I have a, my daughter. So mm. maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm not listening to any music. Yeah, actually, uh, but. I, it's, I love this record. I think it was really interesting him working with Chance and I thought the Kurt Franklin thing was really cool. It is too many songs for me. Um, but there's some really cool, like isn't Frank Ocean on it? And like he's on here and like... Uh, oh yeah, Andre 3000. Yeah. Yeah, and like it. it is, it is a little like s- lyrically, it is two very strong worlds to me. Like he's definitely talking about his faith, his faith in that journey. And then he has some, it's very like the super sexual side at times too. I don't know. I it's, I would put Pablo solid. I don't put it on as much. I thought the imaging was insane and the packaging. This is like, had some really cool merch and the orange was such a cool color. Was this the one where he was on the stage that floater that was floating around? Yeah. Yeah. And it was all that like amber orange color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was yes, his, literally his live show was one stage floating around, which was just, bonkers insane yeah and i yeah i totally ripped that color scheme for my light show like that kind of amber <laughs> <Yeah>. orange <laughs> color i was like yo it's so cool just like only amber lights everywhere yeah. um but to be honest i i would say this is where my deep knowledge of every song i haven't spent as much time with this record I'm trying to keep my faith. We on a ultra light beam. We on a ultra light beam. This is a god dream. This is a god dream. This is everything. This is everything. Deliver us serenity. Deliver us peace. Deliver us love. We know we need it. Derek, what what was your uh, leading up to Life of Pablo? I almost feel like partly by virtue of the marketing, like the fashion show, the Taylor Swift controversy, the kind of this really kind of manic and awesome high energy SNL performance. What's your experience the first time you listen to Life of Pablo after kind of knowing the buildup? I slept on it. Really? First, yeah, I slept on it at first. I was. I don't know, like it. I yeah, I just slept on it. I, you know, I was like, I think I might have been just over Kanye a little bit. Yeah, during this time. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a ve- definitely time where his persona was sort of oversaturated. You know, it was too much. It was too much going on. And then one of my good friends was like, "Bro, you have to go back and listen to it." So I went and actually sat down and said, "I'm gonna listen to it cover to cover." And I said, "This is br- it's a brilliant record." Yeah. Like it, it, it's the old Kanye. It's, it's the, it was the blend of the old Kanye that everyone wanted. It just wasn't as lush, mm. and and he wasn't trying as hard. So, I mean, again, you're going through the track list: Ultralight Beam, Legendary, Father Stretch My Hand, Legendary, Famous, Legendary. Um, I love Kanye. Hilarious waves. F- FML, Real Friends. I played Real Friends on repeat for the longest. Wolves. Crazy, thirty hours. Crazy, no more parties in L.A. Crazy, yeah. fade. Crazy, like when you go through it and just say, "Okay, I'm just gonna listen 
and I want to take the antics out. Like some of these songs are really, really great songs, yeah. but it's really hard when you're in the moment. And like it was the same effect with with uh, with Yay. It's like you have MAGA Yay distracting from how much I love the music. Yeah. Um, I think this was the same thing. He hadn't went to MAGA Yay, but he was, you know, he, he was flirting just doing with too some, much. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was flirting with some interesting ideas. This is, yeah, this is like the beginning, I think, where he's, 2016, he's probably thinning, like it's getting a little harder to be his fan. Yeah. He's definitely challenging that, like he's more controversial. He's like being a little more out there, It's a li- or maybe a little less approachable maybe yeah. to me. Yeah. Like he's definitely starting to push and be like, whoa, say some crazy stuff. Uh, I was going to say the appeal for me for Kanye, I, I'm just... Bu- you know, backing up what you're saying, the appeal for me for Kanye, even from the beginning, from college dropout, was he was a regular guy like me who wound up being rich and famous. Hmm. And it was like the normal guy won. The the the, the college the, dropout. The you, college you, dropout yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, he won. But yeah. then it's like the further he got out there, you're just like, yo, this dude is way out there. But that's also a part of being yeah. the normal guy that yeah. won yeah. like so that's that's what i've accepted is like kanye is really a normal guy that won yeah. he's a normal but none of us are actually normal quote unquote yeah. right like we're all unique we're all blessed u- uniquely and i i think that's the most appealing thing now for me is just, just watching his evolution it's like hey yeah sure yeah. i bet yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's a cool thing about this album. I almost think of Life of Pablo, like I love like Frank Lloyd Wright, like the architecture, like the mid-century modern. And when you see his houses, they're like, oh, dope. Everything's really thought out. Life of Pablo's to me is like if you found his sketch pad and you're like, dude, there's some really freaking great ideas in here. The delivery <laughs> totally. is super minimalist. Yeah. And if you were really took some time and flushed these out, these would be dope. But at least you get to kind of see inside the brain of the process. It's mm. sort of this, and even like it, it is unfinished. Like he never technically finished the album. So I think it's really interesting. I want to bring up next another album that I'm, I am I have a feeling we're going to all have different opinions about because it's one of the more polarizing in his catalog. Um, and it's from, from 2008, 808s and Heartbreak. A huge oh, okay. departure from what he was kind of known for at the time. And really sort of, you know, <clears throat> this backpack rap, auto-tune, sort of emo rap that was... You know, he he kind of decided to say all of the bluster that he did with graduation, college dropout, late registration, all of that is kind of gone. And this is a guy kind of struggling with the place he's in sonically because it is sort of like this, you know, kind of emo-y type of album. But I mean, there's also lyrics where he's struggling with his success. He said, you know, the line, my friend should be, in, uh, my friend showed me pictures of his kids. All I could show him was pictures of my cribs. He said his daughter has a brand new report card. All I got was a brand new sports car. He's starting to grapple with the monster of himself that he's created, but sonically, it's sort of this like almost like emo album. What are you, what's your guys' take, Derek? We'll start with you, man. On eight oh eight and heartbreak. Um, it's it's a little lower on my list because I didn't fall in love with it, and I think it was one of those records that you had to be where you had to be where he was at when the album came out, and I just wasn't there. But I will say that modern hip hop has bit off this album oh, man, so for much, the yeah. past, I mean, for the past 10 years. Like the whole 
auto-tune, sing, rap thing, you're looking at it. Here, I mean, you take this album, T-Pain and Wayne all kind of coming at the same time, and that's what you have. That So I will say, although it's further down on my list as an album, I think it's one of the top, if you're talking cultural moments and hip-hop uh game-changing albums. You have to put it towards the top if you're talking about his list. Seems like street lights blowing happen to be just like moments passing in front of me so I hopped in the cabin I paid my fair see I know my destination but I'm just not Matt, I'm interested in your take on this one because I feel like this is his most vibey album. Like it's got really strong vibe, right? Like you kind of know, like when you hear it, you feel something. And I feel like your music does that. You, you know, when, when one of your songs comes on, you, you feel it right away. What's your take on 808s and Heartbreak? Uh, Why, thank you. Vibey, I like that. Um, I actually really like this record. Um, I At first, I was a little like, okay, Kanye wants to sing. That's interesting. And so he's just cranking auto-tune. And the way he just owned that, and he was like, no one had really done that that I knew of. I mean, obviously there was like T-Pain and that thing. Um, I'm trying to think if that was before. That was slightly before this, obviously. And like Neo or what? I'm trying, who was else the real auto-tune dudes? Yeah, it was, it was, it was T-Pain. It was Wayne. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne was, starting yeah. To, was starting to do that. Um Neo was, I, was, was a pop artist. So sorry, I yeah. Consider him. Yeah. Not like I, I, I am trying to think my my early two thousands R and B auto tune. But but even just samples, it's not that they, sharp. They, they but, would take a lot of samples and just kind of auto tune it or kind of do that voice modulation, you know. But really, he he was sort of on the forefront of it. But like singing with auto tune on in the way he was doing it, like Heartless is like a he's singing like that. Yeah. Is, was not no one had really done that that I knew of in the way that he was doing that felt like cred and kind of um, interesting. I, I see. I just I love this record that he worked with this guy named Mr. Hudson who was I was a fan of. Uh, he's a producer on a lot of it, and um, yeah, Hudson super super slept on dude. He's he's dope. I love love lockdown with the but what was also cool was it's like this real it was mostly eight oh eights obviously mm. that kind of thing where it was super simple wasn't as common. And then he would have these weird, like tribal drums come in. Like, yeah, like love lockdown. I love that song. It's one of my favorite pop songs. And yeah, I don't know. I, I would say I really like this record. I wouldn't, it, I, it's not front to back, like my favorite, but I really enjoy listening to this record. As a songwriter, it's a little more songwritery driven too. Yeah. It's like a little more normal songwriter structure. Like I would write, you know, like first chorus, first chorus, bridge chorus kind of thing. Like yeah. there, he's, you can tell, I mean, this is the era when he was really, I think struggling with being like 
making rap songs and he would talk about like, I want to be Elvis. I want to be like, and, and I, I do get that limitation that uh, in different seasons of my life where I did more spoken word verses versus singing, like when you feel hemmed in, like, man, I got to like talk about this over this kind of thing. I, he, I can tell he's like experimenting with those in this record. Like, can I just sing? Can I write like a more traditional old school song? And I don't know. That's interesting to me. Yeah. It's super interesting. Really interesting point in his career. I want to talk about um, uh, for next up on the list is what I feel like for a lot of you guys are both artists. So you can tell me if I'm wrong, if it's just lore or this is the reality that the sophomore album is always the most difficult. That's what I've always heard because you set a tone with your first, whether it's especially if it's successful, you got to figure out a way to follow it up in a way that's going to match the success and meet expectations, but also push your artistry forward. Late registration, you know, was coming off, you know, college dropout, which obviously we'll, we'll, we'll get to. Um, but, he comes in with collaborations on this album with Adam Levine, Jamie Foxx, Paul Wall, Common, Brandy, Jay-Z, Nas, and it's a really listenable album. You look at songs, Touch the Sky, um, Hey Mama, Diamonds from Sierra Leone. He's still, at this point, kind of doing like skits throughout the album, but for a sophomore album, late registration might not be sort of his most acclaimed, but it might be one of his most listenable do you guys remember the sort of anticipation for late registration coming off of coming off of uh, a college dropout? Derek, what, what do you think, man? Top five, really? No question. Yeah. No question. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not even a question. It's. It's. It is top five record. What What, what makes out. it jump out to you? Well, first off, the John Bryan collaboration. Um, yeah, cool. he was one of the first people that I know, as far as hip hop, that really sc- scored an album. Mm-hmm. Um, then I, I would say also just like when you look at the features and it's well put together and it's long, but it doesn't feel long. Um, yeah. there are, I, I mean, I can't think of a song that I would take off of it. Like with life of pop, this is what I think he was trying to channel with life of Pablo was to try to get back to this, like what he did on late Reg. Um, but nah, it's it's top it's top five, man. Maybe even top three. Just being honest. I gotta testify. Come up in the spot, looking extra fly. For the day I die, I'ma touch the sky. Gotta testify. Come up in the spot, looking extra fly. For the day I die, I'ma touch the sky. Matt, Matt, what's your experience with late registration? I, I think I have it as my second favorite record. Wow! Wow! Um, only because I've spent, I have found myself over the years probably listening to this record the most. Like mm. it is the most listenable. It's the most like you're driving around your car. I just end up putting it on more than uh, some of the other ones. I I have like fond memories of this season of my life with this record um, being in Nashville. And I think, yeah, sometimes that's always linked to it. It's like where you were at, yeah, where your yeah, head was for, at. For sure, for um, sure. I was about to put out my Nothing Left to Lose record. So I remember this season of my life very vividly. I, I, you know, I hadn't, I was just starting to put out music. I think it's totally true. The sophomore thing for me was really tough. Um, it's whatever album you, you, you had a, like you break through on. I think the next one's incredibly difficult. Um, and yeah, for some reason he put out a really great record and I, I love this era of him too. That's like 
I do like the approachable side. Yeah. That it's like, it feels like you're hanging out with one of your buddies. It it, it was coming out of the world of hip hop that I grew up on, mm. which was like Tribe Called Quest and like Far Side and yeah. Mob Deep. And like that era was what I grew up on in high school. Yeah. And, and so this is definitely like influenced by that world. And so I, I feel like back in high school when I was driving around in my Volkswagen Squareback listening to Tribe Called Quest, yeah. Low in Theory, and this kind of puts me in a similar place, but a little later in my life. Well, well it's interesting to say that. I want to jump next to what I feel like is the close of that era of Kanye, where he was went from sort of conventional hip-hop. This was sort of his last album as what I feel like was doing conventional, non-experimental hip-hop and really leaning into some of his pop sensibilities. And that's 2007's Graduation. You know, you have songs on here, Stronger, you have T-Pain yeah. on Good Life, you have uh, Can't Tell Me Nothing, which it, it freak, it still shows up in movie soundtracks all the time. You have, you, tell me this isn't a flex. Okay, he's coming off college dropout, late registration, on graduation, which really, in my mind, is a graduation to the next chapter in his career. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could bundle those three albums together and kind of listen to them almost as a separate yeah. artists. He's got Chris Martin on there on Homecoming, <laughs> just like a flex of being like, hey, you guys want to see me appeal to everybody? I can do it. I'll get freaking the Coldplay guy in to record a song Derek what's your what was your experience with graduation uh you know coming off pretty pretty close on the heels of late registration yeah it's one of my it's one of my faves it's one of the now that's this is one of the ones I go back to I probably go back to this one the most um I I think this kind of caught me as far as being an artist this was kind of when I was beginning to come into my own as an artist, and it gave me something to aspire to. Because hmm. uh, I remember listening to this record and thinking, yeah, I want to be this kind of artist that is doesn't miss. Like I was yeah. like, this guy doesn't miss. He never misses. And he always reinvents himself. Like, yeah, like you're right. These are kind of the same era. But when you listen to all of them, they're all different. And that's the thing I love the most about Ye is his records are all different. He doesn't he doesn't say, well, what worked for me in the past? And then goes back and tries to make that happen. And I think that's what I love. So Good Life, uh, Barry Bonds with Wayne. That was Barry Bonds has one of the most memorable uh punchline verses. It's only one song on here that I hate, and it's drunk and hot girls with most deaf. Hmm. You could I, that's probably one of my least favorite Kanye songs of all time. Take that song off and we're good to go. Like we always do with this time. I go for mine. I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. Go go for mine. I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. I'ma get on the TV, mama. I'ma, I'ma push it down. You know, that that is sort of graduation is sort of his graduation from an era. And when when you talk about, you know, both of you guys kind of touched on the diversity of his styles throughout the the uh-huh. length of his career. So up next, I want to talk about what I think it's fair to say is the most polarizing album for good reason. It's sonically different. It's lyrically different. It's thematically different. Even some people would say from like a quality standpoint, it's sort of, you know, I think I've heard people make the case that they don't feel like as much care went in as some of the other ones. It's short. Um, It's Jesus is King, which is one of his more recent albums. Uh, You know, 
Coming Uh-oh. from the Sunday service era, where Kanye is throwing these sort of uh, his take on a church service, very music heavy, very choir heavy. Um, when he you, you, when I when you talk about flexes with collaborations, I mean he's got clips. You know, Mal- <laughs> he's got clips and Kenny G on the same track on this album. <laughs> he has a song where he he relates uh, uh, his funny. consistency in a relationship to uh, you know the Chick Fil A schedule, a polarizing album. Which I use this gospel, the one with clips and Kenny G. I actually feel like the the Malice verse on that is pretty dope. Like, oh, yeah. just just he his delivery in. is so aggressive and so intense, and it makes me re- it makes me wish the clips were still making music like they did in their prime. I'm from Virginia Beach, so I have some affinity face. for clips. A lot of damaged souls, I done damaged those And then my arrogance took a camera pose Caught with a trunk of Barry Manilow's They sing a different tune when the slammer close From the concrete grew a rose They give you rape talk, I give you faith talk Blindfolded on this road, watch me faith walk Just hold on to your brother when his faith lost Matt, let's start with you, man. Jesus is King came out. A lot of people were kind of, you know, in a buzz about it. What's your take about how the album actually came out? Uh, um, And be unfiltered, man. Let it rip. I don't want to go there, but uh, I love Follow God. I think that's a great track. Um, I don't like this record. Hmm. I love Kanye. I love that he's going through something. I, this is an interesting subject to talk about and okay. and like i have friends that love this record and i have people that don't know anything about kanye that fi- find him on this record and they love him and they think it's really cool respect that that's cool for me i just i don't know as someone who's like trying to be talk about what i believe and in a way that's got um some sort of depth in a way that isn't just like nursery rhyme kind of thing. I understand he's going through something and he's really gravitating towards like kind of these foundational truths and he wants to talk about them. But to me, it just comes across as kind of like old school, like a Christian rap record that I, someone gave me in youth group back in the day Mm. uh, that I didn't really, that that like now I listen back, it's like, wow, that's really, they're just like quoting some slogan. Yeah. I don't know that. That, that's and I know that that's very. I've had a lot of conversations about this record, and I think good theology and good music don't necessarily that doesn't they're not they don't go hand in hand. Yeah. Like what you believe versus what you make. If what you believe is good, doesn't make the music good. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, I yeah. I mean, that goes back to like freaking the psalmist David of like, he wasn't really worried about theology when he's like, God, why have you abandoned me? It's like, well, that's probably not the greatest theology, but it's it's authentic expression. Yeah. And, and I, I just, I don't know. I, 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 it caught me at a weird time too with him where I was kind of over, I'm like over his thing and the MAGA Trump like thing. And some, like, it's interesting to say, really go be in one of the most ridiculous seasons of your life and then talk about something that's very deeply personal to me. Like I struggle with that sometimes of like, 
bold statements, like the most ridiculous statements he's ever made in his life. And then like really being touched by this message that means a lot to him. It requires a lot of you as a fan to be like, whoa, what are we doing here? Like if if you're my friend, I'd be like, bro, you need to be quiet right now. (laughs) Or or like you would work it out. Yeah. 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 Like I would be, we'd have words about certain things. And, and so this is the season of life that I, um, I've given a very long, convoluted answer to this album. No, but but that's <laughs> Derek. What do you think, yeah, man? D- Derek? I, yeah, dude. Because look, man, mine you, is gonna be really short. Well, well I, I, I want I want you to unpack it a little, man, because I feel like you've worked with artists across like spectrums of of faith, values, artistry, you know, industry. This is one that is, like I said, just so polarizing. What what what's the take, and and why do you have an aversion, or do you come back to this? No, I, I, I don't ever listen to this album. It's a hard hard pass. Um, I don't listen to it at all. It's it's a hard pass. I there there's a f- couple songs on there that I'm I'm cool with, but uh, I don't. Is the thing I don't hate it, but I just is literally I I don't really care about it. And the reason why I think uh, now I will say this: Jesus is born is one of my favorite gospel albums. Yeah. Which he followed Period. up about about two months later. He did like a, a Christmas kind of themed album that was a choir album. Right, that's what the choir and it's it's one of my favorite albums. Now that album I probably listened to the most this year and last and, and mm. the year it came out. Like so, it came out a year ago, right around Christmas. So yeah, I've been listening to it for a year straight. But Jesus is King, I don't like it. And the reason why I don't like it is because the thing that makes Kanye Kanye, I, I think I lost, which is. I want you to tell me personally how this affects you. Hmm. Um, and what this sounds, what this album sounds like is, and I've been there because I've, I remember, you know, especially being a, a faith-based artist, like I've been here before, which is you're trying to figure out how to navigate faith and music, right? And then, you know, you got a bunch of pastors and people, especially this guy, I'm sure he has, you know, big pastors in his ear that know very little about music. Yeah. And they're just like, yo, you just got to talk about your faith and you lose the artistry in trying to pack a three point sermon into an album. You just lose the artistry. So what I wish is I kind of wish this is one of the things where I'm like, man, I wish he would have had more creatives in here, seasoned, mature creatives that are like, yo, look, man it's okay to just be honest. Like it's okay. It's okay to, it's okay to not have to feel like you have to be, have a certain level of Jesus per minute. And you know, he's right. Uh, Matt's right in the sense that, you know, it does feel like an old, it feels like an old one, one, six album that we did in 2010. (laughs) Um, do, Do you feel like this album in a way was sort of for lack of a better articulation, sort of spiritually appropriated by people who don't really understand what Kanye, his journey? I think culturally it was for sure. I think uh, that's the hard part about being a celebrity. And um, I mean, on Relevant, you know how I feel about evangelicalism and uh, corporate Christianity. So that's kind of what happens, uh, especially for young minorities is because, you know, White evangelicals want to be like, hey guys, we're not racist. Look, we got this guy. You know, yeah. not saying every <laughs> white evangelical is racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not saying that. You know what I mean? But yeah. there, is, there are people that don't yeah. really care about the black struggle. But as soon as a as a black man begins to 
that's a celebrity because a rap now they want to attach themselves to it and say see here look guys you know i know i said all this jacked up stuff but look i'm friends with this guy so yeah like that that but the, take the appropriation aside take the cultural issues aside just as a record it sounds like a baby christian rapping and i'm just not there <laughs> yeah like and i'm just i i, I really want to see him yeah, I want to see that boldness in a way to where he actually talks about the because the problem with baby Christian is everything is awesome. Yeah. But then the further into your faith, you realize is everything is not awesome. And some of the declarative statements that are very binary, you're like, dang, I probably shouldn't have said that, you know. Well, and, it, and it's so like it, it simplified in those moments of like real conversion or that someone has like stuff can get very simplified and it yeah. can be this very like black or white. And I think as you get older, like you realize there's minutia, there's gray, there's like, yeah. there's Ecclesiastes for a purpose, yeah. you know, yeah. like there's like, there's, there's, there's varied things. And this to me just feels very like elementary. Yeah. And I, and I, w- what's interesting though, is that's what people gravitate towards too. I think for sure there's people are programmed to want like simple especially coming from like that world of like Christian music and that culture, they want like good theology in their mind is good art or good mm. music. Like, well, you said something I believe. So then it's a good song. You're like, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Like yeah. just, just cause you say something good that you think is good. Doesn't make it a good song. And I, I think this, this album exemplifies that in a lot of ways. And, but I also the, saying that I, I feel for, Kanye having daughters going through the season of his life. I also have little girls. Like I'm not going to play certain Kanye records probably when they're in the car. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And like, you have to reconcile that whole thing of like, yeah, some of the records that are my favorite Kanye records, there's songs that are, that are like real intense that I'm just a different place in my life. And I respect kind of wanting to create something that he just feels is uplifting. And some people, that's what they want in their life. And so I don't, like, I don't know. I understand people that are like, man, I just need something I can put on that I like yeah. encourages me. And for that regard, I, I, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. it's And the thing is, it's really hard because we have seen, you know, I know myself, I've seen a decade of Christian rap. So imagine he goes from the most, the artist that is the most brave artist to doing music that we did 10 years ago that's the that that's the hard part for me yeah but but the thing is what do you expect you see what i'm saying like like for me i didn't have high expectations for the record because it hasn't stuck to his ribs yet you know what i'm saying like he hasn't gone through enough on this i'm i'm interested to see what album number three from Christian Kanye sounds like. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot different than Jesus is King. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because, yeah. D- like like Bob Dylan went through something similar in the 80s. Yeah. And he made like Slow Train Coming and he made um, Oh Mercy or what. And they're they're not great, honestly. They're just kind of oversimplified. And this is Bob Dylan. You're, you're used to like some of the most profound lyrical wordplay yeah. for the folk world. But then, yeah, after that, he he did a record with Daniel Wah and like he made he started making some really cool records when he's like he's not just giving you this like like tagline that somebody's told him he needs to say and he's like 
he's 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 then again struggling with certain things and he's trying to like find his way through it. I don't know. I I also think Kanye at this this point of his life, I I definitely uh I don't know where he's at. I can't speak to him. I mean, it's fun to speculate, but he's definitely like I don't know what his mental capacity or mental illness is or what level it's at or but I I don't know. I that I there is some definite questions around that for me in the season of life he's in after this record yeah. and on. I was gonna say that that also I think people don't realize as far as Christian rap is concerned, making faith based art that's good, that it takes a lot of nuance to do that. Yeah. Um and it takes a long time to to learn how to do that. And I think you know, this is one of them situations where you see that, like making, making it where it's, where it's, it's like making the Christian art that doesn't sound like the quote unquote Christian art is hard. Yeah. It's a really, it's a sweet spot to find. I, and I'm confident he'll find it. And the pro, the production isn't that great. Let's be real. It's like kind of yeah. good. It's like nothing new. There's no like, he, there's choir in it, which is maybe like I think in his brain he's like, oh, that's the unique thing I'm doing. There's like, which is right, but that wasn't new. It's like Kurt Franklin. It sounds like some Kurt Franklin records I had. Is you know, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. And Kurt's cool, I get, but like, but it it's not like revolutionary. Like we're talking about Jesus, where this like sonic thing shocks the world. Like, dude, what are you doing? You're putting like this weird right. synth, and yeah. <laughs> there's none of that happening. It, it almost feels like Kanye coming up for air. You know, like, hey, yeah. I, I got to put the shields up for a little bit. I got to catch my breath. All right. So, guys, we have two more on uh, uh, of, of his solo albums. Uh, the, these are, I feel like, across the board, critically, these are always both right at the top, whether you have them in your number one and two or within your top five. Um, College Dropout, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Let's start with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, released in 2010. Uh, definitely has some darker themes. Still show the range of his pop sensibilities. Uh, songs like Power, All of the Lights, Monster. It's one of the Kanye-ist albums, I feel like. If you are if you were to still pure Kanye, a lot of it comes out in this album. Also, his penchant to find really interesting uh, uh, collaborations. So on this yeah. album alone, we have John Legend, Boney Bear, Pusha T, Jay-Z, Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj, Rick Ross, Kid Cudi. What do you guys think of My, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy? Largely recognized as one of his best. Numero uno uh, for me. Yeah, me too. That's what I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. What makes it stand apart to you guys in terms of his entire catalog? I so good. I think we have to... Um, I think one, this is when the dark Mike Dean heavy synth, heavy guitar sound came. Um, yeah. it, Mike Dean helped on a, a lot of his records, but I think this is when that Kanye Kanye sound was was made. And this is my I don't I can't get enough of it. I think I think this is the this is that record. But yeah, I, I, it's numero uno for me. It's and this is the this is where he had the most creative like superstars in his world he had yeah he had Bon Iver that was sitting around helping him with tracks he had uh Jeff Basker who's a producer who did like fun and all these like crazy yeah. awesome records around that time he had Emil Haney who's like there the fact that they would all work on one record together Mike Dean Emil Haney Jeff Basker it Noah I think was on this record too <sighs> is crazy like Emil Haney went on to do Florence and the Machine and wow. like 
all these super things. Jeff Basker went on to do his own thing. Like they're all, they're all so big. They couldn't keep working together as a team. Rizza's on it. No ID. I mean, it's just literally like, I, I hear him talk about that monster song where Nicki Minaj has that famous verse. Oh she my goes, gosh. <laughs> and he's like, it's like the most, one of the most iconic verses where she, he talks about, he's like, he's like, you know, I left that verse on there because I knew people would say it was the best verse on the album, but I knew I just had to make the best album. Yeah. And yeah. you don't see that as much later in his career. One, it's so much work to make an album like this. Like, yeah, you just, the stars don't align. Nicki Minaj comes out like a vocal UFC fighter. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh my gosh, who is this person? You know, just there, she's tapping into something, but he brings out a lot. He brings that out in a lot of his collaborators. I feel like, man. Yeah. People that are like, I got to bring it. Yeah. And this record, all of the lights, even the visuals, he had all these cool, uh, like weird, is this the ballerina era? Like dinner Mm -hmm. party thing. He did this whole movie. There was a scene where he's like running slow motion down the road with like a car that had crashed or something. It was just like no one had seen this thing or like in the distorted vocal into autotune was like mm-hmm. a new thing. He'd yeah. done a little, but creatively, sonically, nobody would ever heard anything like this. The kind of like white hipster, uh, like that world paid attention all of a sudden. So he was like bringing <laughs> cultures together. Like yeah. all of a sudden it was like cool to like Kanye to be like the coffee shop kid that you're like, Oh, I like Kanye. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah, like he did. He basically, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a moment in time. Well, well, speaking of moment in time, we don't have to spend too much time on it because I honestly feel like you can distill a lot of what we said into discussions of this album, his 2004 debut, College Dropout, which sort of which was the introduction to the world of of his, you know, kind of just unique style. I'll fly away, all falls down. Obviously, Jesus walks. We don't not to spend too much time, but where does this where does College Dropout rank on your guys's personal list? And do you guys ever return to it just to kind of hear the roots? Dose. Number two. So you have my beautiful dark fit, twisted fantasy number one, college dropout number two. Matt, where do you have where do you have dropout on on your list? I have dropout three actually. Okay. I have late registration above it. Okay. Um, only because I that's where I kind of fell in love with Kanye was on that record. Yeah. But I love I love it. I love college dropout. I mean, Jesus Walks is one of the most iconic production songs ever like it's it's maybe one of his best it's maybe his best song i don't know it's up there
Derek, why do you put it number two above above everything but my beautiful dark twisted fantasy? Um, because it's the my beautiful dark twisted fantasy of that era. Mm-hmm. You know, it 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 was. You got to think what was happening during this time. I mean, it's you got DMX, you got Fifty Cent. Like rap was gangster. I mean, you got yeah. Yeah. Dipset. Rap was gangster. Rockefeller was gangster. Jay-Z was gangster. Like, Beanie Siegel was popping. You have gangster rap, and then you got this dude come in with pink polo shirts. Yeah, yeah, and khakis and a backpack. Rapping yeah. his, I don't know if I can say it, but rapping his ass off. Yeah, yeah. On, like, over everybody. Like, yeah. he's, all the gangsters, like, he's killing it. And, like, I mean, it's just like the whole the whole um, album is a movie. Like, yeah. it's all about his struggle with you know, family wants him to go to college. He's like, nah, I'm gonna be a rapper. I'm gonna be a producer, and you know, all of these things. And he's telling a story. So I think that is what I love about the whole thing, the whole gamut of the, of the album. It's 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 brilliant, like top to bottom. No well, skippers. Well, well no. I, I had promised you guys that we would we could talk about Watch the Throne and, and, and Kid Sees Ghost. We're coming we're coming up on the end. How essential do you feel like those collaborative albums are to, for someone that wants a full Kanye experience to kind of add them into the rotation? You know, Kid Sees Ghost. Um, you know, you had uh, with the follow up to Jesus Is King, uh, 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 Derek, that you mentioned. You know, Watch the Throne. How much do you feel like those are sort of essential to understand the full kind of? artist evolution of Kanye to kind of throw in those collaborative efforts he's done. Yeah, I think Watch Stone's gotta be in there. Kids see ghosts, I don't I I don't really listen to that much. Derek, what do you think? Facts. Um I think Watch the Throne is a moment in hip hop in general. Hmm. Like so you I mean you just gotta have that in there. Um I think another one that we didn't bring up is Cruel Summer. Hmm. Cruel Summer was Cruel Summer was when Two Chains started coming into his own Big Sean started coming into his own. Um, Cruel Summer is what made people, I mean, it made artists. Like, that was the mercy. If it's the weeping in the morning and the gnashing of teeth. Yeah, like, that yeah. whole, that launched a ton of different careers off of it. So you got to have Cruel Summer and watch the throne. Kitsy Ghost, um, I'm okay without it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay without it. Well, well, fellas, this was a a deep dive (laughs) into one of the most important, polarizing, intriguing, interesting artists of our lifetimes. Uh, And I feel like we all kind of rounded out at least our top two in the same place with College Dropout, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and kind of taper off a little bit. Uh, Well, I know, Derek, you have late registration in there. Um, uh, Real quick, Matt, what's your number three? My number three is... I have... uh, College dropout. Okay. Dark twisted late registration. College dropout. Eight oh eight. Jesus. I actually have graduation kind of lower. I didn't love the production on that album as much. Um, Watch the throne, Pablo. That's how I go. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those lists you could rearrange in a lot of ways and find a lot of people who agree. Um, but dudes, hey, I really appreciate you guys taking a little bit of uh, time to, to chat, break it down. And listen, if you're looking for good, as you're going down the Kanye rabbit hole after listening to this, definitely check out Matt Carney, check out Derek Miner on Spotify, give them some spins, follow Derek at the Derek Miner 
on Instagram and Twitter. You can check him out twice a week on the Relevant Podcast. Also, be sure to join his uh, contest he has rolling out right now. Go to DerekMiner.com to learn more. Matt has two new singles out, Can't Look Back and Grand Canyon, both bangers. Uh, follow him at Matt Carney. Dudes, thanks so much for, for coming on and breaking down some Kanye. Yo, thank you for having me. My pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Awesome. All right, everyone, that is it for this episode of Listed on the Ironclad Content Network. Hey, if you like the show, I know every podcast has to do it, but it really does help. If you like the show, leave a rating and review. I really appreciate it. All right, guys, we'll see you next time.